You're listening to John's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. We'd like to start today's show by thanking Scott from the Lunchtime Catch-Up for giving us a review and having a little bit of a listen to our first podcast. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate your kind words. At last, the footy is back. Twelve weeks after round one, we begin round two. How excited are you, mate, about the footy returning, even if it's without the opportunity to see it live? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped, Jamie. It feels like there's a bit of magic in the air when footy's back. And after what's been a really horrid start to the year for quite a lot of us, what with the bushfires that swept the country, the smoke haze that followed after that, and then the coronavirus to just trump everything, it'll just be great to talk about footy for a change. Absolutely. And we've had a few injury scares this week, mate. What have you heard? Yeah, when that news around Anthony McDonald tipping Woody, potentially rolling an ankle, and then Jakey Stringer having his foot trod on by Paddy Ambrose, which meant that he could have re-injured that toe, uh, it was a bit disheartening to hear from us Bomber fans. But fortunately, from reading the training reports on Bomber Blitz and listening to Scooter's report from the lunchtime catch-up, it sounds like both players might still get up for this game, which will be very important, knowing that Raz will still miss at least one game, if not more. And I have to say, though, Today, after hearing about Brandon Zerk Thatcher being suspended for one week as well, and that's for breaking the COVID curfew, it's a bit disappointing. I don't know if it was a Tinder date or whatever we got up to, but knowing how strong our backline is, he needs to do everything right on and off the track if he wants to solidify a spot in our best 22. On a side note, it's sort of interesting to note that uh, this incident was a self-report from uh, from Zerk, so. Yep, that's a noble thing he's done to put his hand up when he's done something wrong. But geez, as an Essendon fan, um, we all know how well things go when we self-report something. <laughs> well, in more positive news, we heard that skipper Dyson Heppels may decide to fly to Sydney. We look forward to the skipper's return, and let's hope he can lead us to victory. After the break, we'll give you the selected side. take a look at the side that's been named for Sunday. Alright, so we'll start from the back line. So we've got Guelphy, Hooker and Hurley. On the half back line, we have Saad, Redmond and Ridley. Going into the centres, so we got Cutler, McGrath and Zerrett. Half forward line, very short. It's Devin Smith, Will Snelling and Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. And to give us a little bit of height up forward... So we've got Jakey Stringer, Jacob Townsend, and Sean McKernan. The followers named, we've got Tom Bellchambers, the skipper Dyson Heppel, and probably best on ground last game, Dylan Shear. Beauty. And obviously, being a Sunday game, so we've got the extended bench as it stands right now. We start with Darcy Parrish, Paddy Ambrose, David Zaharakis, Kyle Langford, Aaron Francis, Braden Ham, Phillips, and Jaden Laverde. Okay, mate. So from that bench, assuming our other players that have been under injury clouds get up, who do you think will make the side out of there? Yeah, I mean, like just looking at it, um, I think Laverde. I don't see him making it with both Townsend and McKernan there, and Phillips. You know, given Sydney don't have. You know, a, a tall lineup going into this week. 
I'm not sure whether we'll go with two Ruckman, so I don't see Phillips making it. Braden Ham, I sort of see him and Cutler uh, playing similar roles. Like, I do like the look of Ham. He's, he's a classy bloke, but I think we'll just go with one wing at the moment, which leaves us with five, which means that the other person who's going to miss out uh, will be very stiff. But given the positions, I actually think Aaron Francis might miss out this week. So I reckon the bench that'll sort of actually play the game will be Parrish, Ambrose, Zaharakis and Langford. What about yourself, mate? What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I can't see them dropping Francis. I think it's a really important year for him. You know, he's a classy user of the footy at times. Like, I know he can overkick his ball at times, but he really uh, penetrates the, the ground uh, with his kicking. He's got, like, a stabbing motion that can get to its um, destination very quickly. But, uh, like I said, I just think he'll he'll play. So I would be more leaning maybe one of our players that are under injury cloud isn't going to play. Uh, that might be my call. But I guess if I had to cut another player from that list, yeah, I, I would think actually Ambrose might miss out. But just because, you know, he's um hasn't got anyone like a Franklin to play on. And, um, yeah, I think with Redmond... Francis, Hooker and Hurley, our back line's pretty well covered. So, yeah, I might tip Ambrose to miss rather than good old Franger. Yeah, I think either way it's a pretty tough call. But I think that's probably, like, it's actually good as an Essendon supporter to have such good depth at this time of year. I mean, like, you know, it was a, a couple of years ago, like, if, if players were fit, well, they'd just be named regardless, whereas now there's that real competition for spots. Um, so if blokes, you know, aren't on 100%, like, and we've sort of seen it this week. I mean, I know Conor McKenna, like, came back a bit late, so there's sort of questions about his fitness. But, I mean, years ago, like, he would have been named just because, like, we know what we're going to get from Connor. So it's actually good that we've got that depth to go nut. You know, if you're not fit, you're not going to be playing. And the same thing if you if you don't have that form, um, you know, there's other blokes who are able to sort of jump up into that spot. So, yeah, I guess it's tough, but not all bad news. Yeah. And like you think, you know, talking about our depth, you got players like Marty Gleeson who can't get into the side. You know, these kind of players, as you said before, in the past, would pick them purely on name. I'm glad that we've got some competition for spots. I guess... My only doubt with our side at the moment is the only area we don't really have a lot of depth is key position forwards. Mm. You know, obviously, Stewart's still a fair way off, it seems. He wasn't even named in that extended bench. And then, obviously, Joey Danner is ramping up, but he's going to be a while before making a senior side. So, you know, we really need players like Sean McKernan, who's, who's pulled in some great performances for us, so don't get me wrong, but... We need him to play a bit more consistently if he's going to be our main tall forward. Mm. And then, you know, you've got Jake Stringer. Hopefully his uh, foot's okay and he's right to go. He adds a bit of class but also can play some midfield minutes as well. So, yeah, like I said, I'm happy with the side. It's good that we're both, you know, umming and ahhing who's going to be that player that uh, misses out, you know what I mean? That means we've got a fairly strong side. Mm. Uh, the only thing I chuckle at with that side name and I know they don't line up how they've been selected, but see that half-forward line, you've got Devin Smith, Will Snelling, and then you've got Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. 
Yeah, kick it to our centre half forward. Maybe not this year, this week. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> there are uh, we've got three blokes playing the Froggy Davy role, so um, it'll be certainly interesting to see how it works. But um, no, look, I think you know you've seen over the past couple of years like the importance of having blokes that are fit enough that are, to sort of slide in and out of the midfield. You know, Collingwood have done it really well. Richmond, obviously, they've got a stack of smalls, but they all play with a good brand. So, look, uh, maybe that's the sort of thinking behind it, that sort of half forward they can buzz about. And, you know, with Smack there, you know, maybe they can crumb off him, hopefully pick up a few goals. And, yeah, well, let's let's just hope this, the strategy works. Yeah, well, listening to the John Westfold team selection video, oh, I feel like one of Heppel and... AMT might miss. Um, you know, they're both racing the clock, I think, and uh, I don't know which one, but by the sounds of it, and again, he, he's probably just saying it as an option, but he's saying they're really going to have to work for their spot, and, they, you know, they're going to be tested on Friday. So I'll be looking forward to the training reports coming out of Bomber Blitz to see, you know, what uh, the opinions are, whether those players are going to be ready, mm. and, um, yeah, we'll have a better idea of our final side. About five o'clock tomorrow. Beautiful. Yeah, sounds good. I look forward to it. All right, so with that, we're going to the Sydney side. All right, so the Sydney side, as it's named right now, uh, so from the backs, you've got Lloyd, Rampy, and Aaliyah. Halfbacks, Mills, Brandt, and Cunningham. The centres, you've got Taylor, Parker, and Dawson. Half forwards, you've got Florent, McCartan, and Heaney. Their forward line is Gray, Blakey, and Hayward, with followers Sinclair, Kennedy, and Papley. On the extended bench for Sydney is Fox, Rowbottom, Clark, Hewitt, O'Riordan, McInerney, Stevens, and Warner. Yeah, well, just listening to those names, a lot of them aren't household ones. So I think this is probably the time to get Sydney. I think our side sounds a lot stronger uh, overall, but I agree with you. Like These are the games, I think, if we really want to challenge and take up our spot in the eight, we need to win these games. You know, I'll be very disappointed you know, when you read out the names, and I know football's not played on paper, but you know, our side should beat this side, no matter where it was played. So I'm hoping the boys can uh, take great confidence from their training. Like apparently they've trained very well. There's some reports that the field kicking was fantastic during the week, and I'd love to see that during the game if we can actually hit our targets and just make Sydney pay for any turnovers. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, because you like going through that list, like they've got some really good young talent actually. Like you know, going through it, you got sort of blokes like Hayward, Blakey, Heaney. Obviously, you can't let them off the leash so really i'm i'm hoping our sort of more experienced players like obviously hookers and and hurleys can make sure you know we don't let them blokes get ahead of us need to make sure they get held accountable all game because if they start getting cheapies or anything like that they'll they've definitely got the skills to make us pay uh if we do if we aren't solid down back really so, yeah, look, I think we definitely need to say, show that maturity as a side to go, nah, this is a game that, that we need to win if if we're serious about having a solid crack at the season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go. That new game plan should help us out, and that will be more definitely more structured, but also, you know, making sure the game, like we sort of push forward with the ball as opposed to 
you know, the old sideways or backwards movements that's you know, got us coughing up short previously. So really hoping we can uh, knuckle down and just make sure we get the four points for this game. Yeah, well, we'll see how much uh, Blake Carousel's game plan with, uh, you know, Rutten's input, what kind of improvements we're going to see because, you know, we all know the Sydney ground's pretty small and from experience, you know, the old uh, centre-half forward doesn't get used much in Sydney. Like, kind of the kick out of the middle kind of jumps over the pack of that centre-half forward area. So, you know, that's where it's going to be forward for our key forwards, like where McKernan's going to have to play. And, you know, try and take some grabs around that 35-metre mark and really hurt Sydney with our overlap running. And hopefully we can hit some targets and get a result. Well, a segment will be commencing each week against the side we're about to play. We call it Remember When. And we recall a game that sticks in our mind from years past. That's next after the break. You're listening to Don's Cast. And now it's time for our debut Remember When segment. And mate, tonight we'll start with you. What game do you recall from the past? Well, Jamie, we've had some recent games against Sydney, which I'd rather forget. You know, with the recent Rampy Gate incident last year. And let's not even start with the elimination final of 2017. But I'm going back to round 20, 2011 for my Remember When game this week. It's interesting when you look back at these games in context too, because while the game itself was an absolute ripper, there was a lot going on in the background which made the win mean so much more. So if you think back to that year, so James Hurd had just taken over coach of Essendon. Incidentally, that was Heppel's first year of the club too. And look, we started fairly strongly in the season and things looked pretty promising. So we won five of the first eight games. We then had a losing streak though of five games and dropped out of the eight. There's also the fact that Sydney beat us by under a goal up in Sydney in round two of 2011, and that gave John Longmire his first win as coach of the Swans. So with this backdrop, we sort of had to scrap for wins to make the finals, and we were in ninth position and Sydney in seventh. So this this one was an important game for us to keep hold of the eight and to even up the ledger against this mob. The game itself so it was a real arm wrestle of all game. So each team sort of took the lead at various points in the match, Sydney jumped us early, kicking three straight before we finally got on the board. Uh, keeping us in it were David Hill with three goals. He had Leroy Jetta jump up with two. And there were young guns, David Zaharakis with two. And Michael Hurley kicked one as well. And there was one each to Jakey Melksham, Brent Stanton. And a very important late goal from outside 50 to Froggy Davey. But who could forget the man with the orange boots himself, Kyle Remus, who starred with four goals. Now, like... <laughs> Say what you want, but there's a bloke who had talent and pace to burn. In the midfield, so Job was at his bullocking best in the middle. He had 12 clearances and racked up 31 possessions. Paddy Ryder and Carlisle took some huge grabs. And Michael Hurley nearly killed Dan Hanabry, where both players launched at the ball in a brutal contest. For Sydney, Adam Goods had a funny sort of a game. Yeah, He punched through a ball, like from a ball up, to give us an easy shot at goal. So thanks for that, Goodsy. But he also sort of missed some sitters you know, streaming into goal himself. But nothing was going to stop him from trying to take the game by the scruff of the neck. He ended up kicking three goals himself and racked up 25 possessions. After flattening Monfries in an old-fashioned shirt front, it was almost fitting 
though bloody nerve-wracking that Adam Goods had taken a mark just before the siren went to kick for goal. He was straight in front, about 40 metres out, and I know most of us Bombers supporters had our hearts in our throats, knowing he was going to put it straight through. Fortunately, though, he missed, and we'd won a tight one. We'd got out of jail in one of the best games that year, and our season was still alive, so singing the song was definitely sweet on that occasion. And that's my Remember When game. Yes, I remember that game well. It was a funny game where both sides would kick in waves of goals. Sydney would get about three goals ahead, then we'd kick the next six and be three goals ahead ourselves. It was one of those seesawing contests. And in fact, I believe we were about two or three goals down with four minutes to play in that match before we got our noses in front. Just in time. Yes, I was thankful Adam Goods missed that shot after the siren because Sydney are a team that have caused the Bombers a bit of heartache, especially near the end of matches. Yeah, it was definitely a ripper of a game. What game have you got for your Remember When, Jane? My game is from a bit further back than yours, mate. I'm going back to round 19, 2001. Going into the game, the Bombers were top of the ladder with a 14-4 record, but had some of our guns out with no Hurd, no Lloyd, no Rioli, no Mark Johnson, then Dean Solomon and first ruck choice John Barnes. We were playing against the Swans, who were then seventh. We looked pretty sluggish during the game, and in fact at half time we'd only kicked two goals to the Swans' seven. If you remember at this stage, we were not accustomed to losing, and had only lost five games since the beginning of season 2000, so this felt very strange. We went into the last break, down by about 23 points. So 23 points wasn't a lot, because only a few weeks earlier, we'd come back against North and picked them up after being down by 69 points. They certainly would not have written off the Bombers. The last quarter seemed to be going with the same script, as we still trailed by 23 points, with under 10 minutes to go. Then almost out of nowhere, goals to Moorcroft, Barnard and Alessio caught us being back to only 3 points down with 3 minutes to go. The pressure was unbelievable, and the Bombers crowd was really starting to lift. Then, after a Paul Williams miss from 50 on the run, the Dons had one last crack at it. After some very scrappy play, Dustin Fletcher kicked the ball from about 55 metres out that floated in the air. Enter Stephen Alessio. He took one of the great clutch marks. A desperate, so the Swans. Fletcher, high ball. Kick for the ages and he's kicked it! Bombers in front! 
I don't know if you remember, mate, but Rodney Eade launched the phone from his ear on the completion of that mark and nearly smashed the coach's box window. Then Sess went back with all eyes on him and calmly kicked the goal. And you would have to say that's what you call a double-clutch moment. And that forced the Bombers on to victory. A game that really sticks with me all these years later. Do you want to add something, mate? Yeah, that's a cracking review for a great game there, Jamie. Even remembering moments like that, like it still sends a shiver down your spine. And it's interesting, though, thinking back to that game, you know, with all the injury issues we had to important players. Like injuries definitely hurt you. Um, and it's an injury, it's a sort of issue that we still face as a club today, like with Joe Danaher being out. But it's great when sides are mentally and physically strong enough to find a way to win, even without the Stars. And I think that'll be the big thing that Essendon needs to develop as this side continues to grow together. So we need to like really build that resilience as a team to fill the holes and perform consistently well. But, you know, in saying that, yeah, geez, it'd be nice to have all our stars on the park, fit, firing and ready to go. Yeah, we mentioned about injuries uh, affecting sides. I think at the back end of 2001, the injuries did start to catch up with us. Uh, we weren't as fit as Brisbane. And, you know, I know um, people seem to forget, but... Brisbane were on the intravenous drip at that stage, and uh, who knows what effect that had, but they seemed a lot more refreshed than us, especially at the back end of that year. So people uh, throw stones at us, but I don't know if you remember, Brisbane players had like tape around there where they'd been getting injections during games to stock up on their fluid levels. Yeah, I think uh, Midnight Oil wrote a song about that, mate. Uh, short memory. After the break, we'll come back for Bomber Predictions. You're listening to Don's Cast, and we'll wrap up the show with some Bomber Predictions. Mate, I'll start first. Who's going to kick the first goal for the Bombers in round two? Yeah, look, with a smaller ground up in Sydney, and knowing this bloke is just bursting at the seams to play some footy, I'm going to go with Devin Smith to kick out first. I'm definitely biased as he's a favourite player of mine. And he's actually the bloke I've asked to autograph my Guernsey as part of pledging my membership to the Bombers. But I reckon he'll be really important for us in attack this week against the Swans. So I'm going to back him in to get us rolling early. How about yourself, mate? Who have you got? Yeah, I think Jacob Townsend might be the first goal kicker on Sunday. Uh, He had a good first game for us and he's a great kicker of the footy. So let's hope he has the first shot. A goal for the Bombers and sends it through. Yeah, nice one, Jane. Um, all right, so my turn now. So who do you reckon will have the most disposals for us? Well, after his round one uh, really good game, you know, he had Dylan Shield racking up 35 possessions. I don't know if he can do it again. So my tip's going to be Andy McGrath. He's a player that loves a contest, and I think there'll be plenty of contested ball in this game. So Andy McGrath's my pick to have the most possessions. Yeah, I mean, probably not a bad choice, but for mine, you just can't go past Dylan Shield. He had the ball on a string in round one, and I don't see anyone taking that off him going into round two. I'm going to back him in for 30-plus disposals against the Swannies. So, um, yeah, Dylan Shield's my pick. And I guess the most important prediction we've got to have, who's going to win and how much by? Yeah, well, with no Buddy or Reed there, and... With what I feel is a much improved midfield for us, with the development of McGrath and Parrish and the return of Dev Smith, I'm going to go and back the Bombers in by a relatively comfortable margin of about 17 points. 
How about yourself, James? Who have you got? Yeah, well, I guess our bias is always going to be there, but I'm going to go the Bombers, obviously. But uh, I'll tell you what, I've had some nervous times watching the Bombers up in Sydney, and I don't say that lightly. So I'm going to go the Bombers, but I reckon it might be under a goal. They give me that kind of impression. The Swans know that ground so well, and I just fear, maybe my, due to my past memories, the Swans will have something up their sleeve. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have something up the sleeve and it'll be barbed wire around the goalposts. <laughs> so that concludes our second episode. Mate, how good is it? The Bombers are back after 12 weeks. Can't wait to Sunday. Go the Bombers. Go Dons.